0: Tchaikovsky arrived in New York City for the opening of a great new music hall. It was the spring of 1891, and the composer was on hand to conduct some of his works to help inaugurate what became known as Carnegie Hall. 21 years later, in the fall, there was to be the formal opening of what would then be New York's newest music hall, Aeolian Hall. What's of interest to us is that the Aeolian Hall was celebrated primarily as a venue for orchestral music, chamber music, and solo classical recitals. But the space is probably best remembered today for this performance. Afternoon of February 12, 1924, at Aeolian Concert Hall, 34 West 43rd Street, Paul Whiteman and his Palais Royal Orchestra gave a concert billed as an experiment in modern music. The printed program listed two dozen selections under 11 section headings, including True Form of Jazz, Comedy Selections, Contrast, Legitimate Scoring versus Jazzing recent compositions with modern score, Zeds Comfrey, and flavoring a selection with borrowed themes. The concert was recognized as an important musical event, notwithstanding mixed reviews, and is best remembered for introducing Rhapsody in Blue with composer George Gershwin himself at the piano. Evidently, no one knew ahead of time exactly what would take place on February 12th of that year. Page 6 of the January 15th, 1924 issue of Talking Machine World announced that a goal of the upcoming concert was to, quote, increase the respect in which the so-called dance orchestra is held by music enthusiasts who are inclined to look down upon the work of this type of artist's It also stated that Whiteman would offer a program of classical music, including Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker Suite, which was not performed. The word jazz was not used. The announcement that classical music would be played is significant, suggesting that Whiteman's intentions at one point were to establish that his players had the skills of the finest classical musicians. That from Popular American Recording by Tim Grasick. So, a hundred years ago, there was what became a perennial conversation. What is jazz? What is its relation to classical music? If the Whiteman Orchestra had played Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker Suite, it would have been a case of a dance band's performing dance music. Between the opening of Carnegie Hall in 1891 and the dedication of Aeolian Hall in 1912, there was a very grand theater that opened in 1907 here in Scranton, built by Sylvester Poli. We're told by the Times-Tribune it was the second most expensive theater in the country at the time, and vaudeville was its stock and trade. And Nancy MacDonald tells us that in the same year as the Whiteman Aeolian concert, there were dancers on the stage of the Poli, the La Palarica dancers from the Court of Spain. In May, she tells us, Belle Baker played the theater for a week and was acclaimed as one of just a few women who could sing a ballad or a jazz number as she could. And that from If You Can Play Scranton. All this is by way of celebrating jazz, classical music, dance, and great theaters. And even the audience at the Aeolian Hall concert didn't get to hear Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker Suite. We will. On Saturday, November 26th, at the Ritz Theater in Scranton, the former Poli, then it became the Comerford and ultimately the Ritz, the Scranton Jazz Festival Big Band will present the Swingin' Jazz Nutcracker Suite under the direction of Marco Marcinko. We had a chance to speak about jazz and classical music and great theaters with Sarah Efforts, executive director of the Scranton Jazz Festival, and James Olecki of the Ritz Theater, carrying it into the future. They are in the first act on Art Scene today. And then we caught up with Marco Marcinko, who conceived the event and who is the music director. James Olecki begins with the Ritz Theater.
1: It is historic, and it's really a gem of the area. I see it personally as a cornerstone for what I believe is going to be a renaissance in Scranton. And, you know, a resurgence as people like myself are leaving the larger cities. Scranton is ideally positioned to capitalize on that, that exodus. You're two hours from New York, two hours from Philly, four hours to Boston, four hours to Washington D C. That's a huge GDP population. So it's it's ideally positioned and there's there's a big movement and Mayor Cognetti is doing some really wonderful things. So having a historic theater and a performing arts center a true performing arts center is something that is really remarkable and and going to be that keystone for this this renaissance that's coming
0: knowing the area and loving it going out and coming back and bringing that experience you can't beat that either
1: that that's right you know we as human beings are are social animals and you know at the theater we really try to bring people back together and what unites people stories and memories very similar to WVIA, invokes a certain feeling inside of people of when they were younger or good stories, and having someone like Marco and his team and Sarah come to the Ritz, it's been a tradition now for the Sunday after Thanksgiving, and it brings back memories and and people look forward to it all, all year long.
2: Sarah, tell us what attracts you to this whole project. Oh, my goodness, that's a loaded question. <laughs> it it honestly goes back to my childhood um, with my upbringing and my parents because they were very much into music, and my mom was a pianist, and my dad had floor-to-ceiling, wall-to-wall uh, shelves of, of vinyl records. And I remember just sitting in the music room on the floor, listening to all of these records. And he introduced me to so many great musicians and classics. And I fell in love with jazz and blues and classic rock, everything under the sun. And when I moved back to the area, back to Scranton, Pennsylvania, I had met Marco along the way and going to different showcases that were happening in the city, starting to get involved in the music scene. And he had invited me to the Scranton Jazz Festival which at that time was still at Nayog Park, and it was the last year that it was held there. So as we know, that had moved after some time to the Radisson and became this downtown footprint. And I came on as a volunteer, and um, it was probably one of the most exciting and uh, involved I had been in just a live music showcase, if you will, interacting with all the musicians and bringing something wonderful to the city interacting with all the business owners and seeing everyone being so excited to participate and just really dive into it. And now I've been with them for, what are we, 17 out of what will be the 19 years? And um, we just keep growing and, and building it year over year. That sounds like just the kind of story
0: you've suggested, Jim, where Sarah comes back to the area and brings her love of music and her experience And makes things happen.
1: That's correct. You know, again, it's it's those feelings that we attach and those bonds that we create that generate those memories that really we (coughs) long for as we get older in life. And I know personally, having moved away from the area, now coming back, the nostalgia and and just trying to relive those memories of, of me as a kid. And that's where all of this ties together. And we're leveraging the Ritz to do that.
2: If I can piggyback one thing on that, just because he's talking about nostalgia, music in and of itself, I I have to spill my heart out a little bit here. Because when you think about different cultures, when you think about different languages and everything, music is that universal language. It's something we can all connect to. It's something that does evoke feeling, emotion, memory, and provides a sense of community. How many times have you been around people that you may have never met before? You're in a room at a restaurant or at an event, and you hear a song, and it's familiar, and everybody... You know, everybody chimes in or starts singing. So that, that's one of the beauties that I think music provides to us and to our souls is just that sense of community and connectedness.
0: Sarah, describe for us your reaction when you first heard the Scranton Jazz Festival Big Band with music from the Nutcracker.
2: You know, just because it's a different take on the traditional Tchaikovsky music, which is something I grew up on, you know, and I saw the Nutcracker Ballet in Boston when I was a young girl a few times. And to hear it interpreted in that way with that little bit of funk and that little bit of swing and jazz, it kind of reinvented it for myself. Um, I heard it in the music in a different way, gained a different appreciation for it. And quite honestly, it made me want to dance, even though I'm not a good dancer.
0: (laughs) What you all have done or what has been done at the Ritz in terms of performance space sounds ideal for a big band like this. Yeah,
1: we're making some changes in terms of really becoming a, a community resource and a true performing arts center. So we're opening the doors to a lot of different types of entertainment, everything from music to theater to dance. And just, again, have that place where everybody can come, create some memories and have some fun
0: hearing music that you know but freshly is a real gift of the arts and that sounds like something marco is tailor-made
2: to do isn't it absolutely is i mean he is a visionary when it comes to breathing new life into pieces or just a a different um, interpretation of it and the band as as you know because i know you're familiar with with the jazz festival big band is a compilation of some of the most incredible musicians that we have not just locally and regionally but nationally And a lot of those guys, they've been playing for years and years together in the various cities that they live in. They travel all around. So to be able to bring them back together every year, twice a year, for the Jazz Fest in the summer, along with this holiday event, is a true treat. And you just see the the excellence, the inspiration, and just their dedication to, to the art. It's amazing.
1: We have so many talented folks in northeastern Pennsylvania, and something that's become a true passion for me has been inspiring and giving hope and giving a voice and giving a place to these folks to express themselves and show everyone who they can be and again that's what the Ritz is all about opening it up to a lot of the local talent that we have some amazing people that have come out of this area and just inspiring our younger generation to chase their dreams and see and be inspired and 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 have hope of I could do that one day
0: Talk to us about the Ritz itself. You have a restaurant attached that's part of the complex?
1: We do. There's some there's some new tenants coming into the Ritz. And the idea is to have it be a place that has foot traffic and customers and audiences all throughout the day. So we're actually bringing in a cafe. The entire building will be very experiential. And again, this this idea of socialization and resocialization we've sort of lost it through technology and then the COVID pandemic. We're trying to bring people and unite people back together. So we will have a restaurant, a full-functioning restaurant. We'll have a cafe. We're going to have an artist collective studio. We're, we're making some major renovations on the building.
0: The Shorty Rogers Nutcracker is not a long, full program. So what happens with the concert that we'll get to attend?
2: It is about an hour and a half long, and there's narration in between those pieces. It gives a little bit of the history on maybe the composition, the history of what was going on at that time, what the inspiration was with Duke Ellington and Shorty Rogers, and how that all translates.
1: And and one of the things that, that I love about this, not only the tradition, but in line with making it an experience for folks, you know, teaming with people like Marco and Sarah, We're trying to figure out how we raise the bar every year. So uh, a couple of things of note, you know, this year we're going to offer some higher ends, more of a dinner theater type thing where people can sit at a table and maybe have a glass of wine and some food that we're catering. In addition to that, we also, with the Ritz and this team, love to, to partner with community organizations.
2: This year, we're working with the Women's Resource Center. And so the Women's Resource Center will be with us, joining us that evening, which is wonderful. And they get to share their mission, too, with everyone in attendance, kind of raise some awareness and then share just the impact that they're making in the community and what their needs may be. We've had a tremendous outpouring of support with the toy drive over the years. And, you know, those big refrigerator boxes from the home stores, um, filling two of those overflowing. And that's well over, you know, 100, 200 toys.
1: Everyone brings a toy that comes and then as a again a genuine community partner we are we are donating the proceeds of the food the catering tables to the Women's Resource Center.
2: Tell us times so we don't miss it. Absolutely. So it is the Sunday after Thanksgiving, November 26th at the Ritz Theatre and the show begins at 6 p.m. so the doors will be open an hour beforehand so that way you have an opportunity to get a beverage and food will be available that Jim had mentioned um, that they'll be showcasing that evening and they give them a chance to settle in and the show runs, I mean, we're done about eight o'clock or so after some introductions and then we may or may not have a special appearance by Santa Claus at the end of the night. And one other thing I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, I mentioned before that we have narrators every year. And one of our jazz festival committees, a longtime standing partner, Larry Pugliese, he is our MC and just the the, the man of the hour and the show that runs that. And then we always bring in a, a special guest narrator. And this year we've had the blessing of the partnership with WBRE and YOU. And so our two guest narrators are going to be Emily Allegrucci and Julie Jomfrey. And they're very excited and... At first, you want us to do what? We said, we want you to join this amazing event, and we're going to give you some scripting, some information, but it's about just being up there, enjoying the season, and celebrating the the amazing music.
0: And so this would be a quintessential event for your vision, Jim.
1: It, it, It is. Again, coming back to that tradition, people now for over the last couple of years really look forward to the Sunday after Thanksgiving coming to see Marco and his crew, you know, hit this out of the park.
2: We do have various ticket levels, of course, and then one in particular is the student ticket, which I always love to plug to get more youth, more young people out there, and it's a great opportunity to to introduce, you know, young kids to a, a different type of performance and just immerse themselves in the art. So grab your kids and come on down, Sarah.
0: Efforts executive director of the Scranton Jazz Festival, and James Olecki of the Ritz Theatre in downtown Scranton, seeing the theatre into the future, speaking with us about the Swingin' Jazz Nutcracker Suite to be presented on Saturday, November 26th at 6 in the evening at the Ritz Theatre. That's on Wyoming Avenue 222, And for more information, ScrantonJazzFestival.org, ScrantonJazzFestival.org. We didn't have a chance, though, to talk particularly about the music and the Shorty Rogers version of the Nutcracker Suite. And for that, we caught up with Marco Marcinko, who was on the road, and he spoke with us by phone about the Scranton Jazz Festival big band and the wonderful uh, event that's about to take place.
3: The Nutcracker Suite, done by Duke Ellington and Billy Strayhorn in 1960, has had many performances over the years and still does. But we focused on another composer, Shorty Rogers, the great West Coast musician, great trumpet player, great arranger, wrote for TV and film and has a, a long history and a great library of original works and arrangements that he's done and has this Nutcracker suite and has a very cool vibe to it, especially the fact that it is written for four tenor saxophones, a bari sax, and a bass sax, as well as four trumpets, four trombones, piano, bass and drums. So it has a very uh, unique sort of sound to it with the big band and uh, doing it, it just fit. It's just the right thing to do during the season. So we've been focused on this. Actually, going back to about 2015, I got the music from a, a close friend, Tom Hines, and um, we did it at Keystone College at the time that David Coppola was there. And then we did it a, a following year when we got close to COVID. We couldn't do it at all. And then we... We reinstated it at the Ritz Theater a few years ago, and we're up to this point now in 2023, where we're doing it again. So uh, we invite everyone to come to hear the Swinging Jazz Nutcracker Suite with narration, where the story of the music is being talked about a little bit, you know, the, the story of the Mouse King and the Nutcracker by E.T.A. Hoffman, that the ballet is based on, that Tchaikovsky, you know, wrote the music for. So that's all a part of the program. So it, it has an entertaining factor to it, but it also has a, a bit of an educational fact to it. And then the fact that it jazz makes it very American. So it's, it's awesome in so many ways for that reason.
0: What's good about doing it at the Ritz? Why is that a good venue? You play all kinds of places.
3: Well, we've been playing at the Ritz Theater now for a few years and using it with the Jazz Festival as well. And it's just a, a really, when you look out from the stage, you can see everyone. It's just, a, it's just the right size for this kind of music. It has intimacy, but at the same time, it also has this very large stage and a huge projection screen where we put a slideshow up, and the slideshow accompanies the big band and the narration. So all the components are there at this particular theater, has this art deco vibe. And then when you think about downtown Scranton, this theater was the Comerford at one time, it goes way, way back. It has a long history. And uh, it's very important, you know, to keep that history going. And the big band serves a certain portion of American history as well that kind of fits with the theater. Again, there's different sort of components that make everyone feel good. So that's why we do it there. What about humor in the music? Are there elements of humor? I would say so. I mean, I can't think that you're not listening to this music and smiling from ear to ear when you're recognizing a melody like, uh, let's say, the overture from uh, Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker Suite or the Sugar Plum Fairy theme or the uh, tea dance or the Arabian dance. Um, you hear these melodies, but they have this new sort of twist and turn to them. And it's a little more upbeat. It's different. And, uh, and there's a nice vibe to it. The, the music, the music is very recognizable because we've all been hearing this music uh, our whole life. In fact, the ballet The Nutcracker Ballet, you know, the most performed ballet throughout the world. And so many people get turned on to classical music through the fact that during this time of year, they get to witness and see the Nutcracker Ballet. So we have now this version of that ballet music rescored, reimagined, rearranged by Shorty Rogers, by Billy Strayhorn, by Duke Ellington. And it's really cool.
0: And what does the low brass bring to the mix in terms of what we hear? You don't always get to hear four tenor saxophones in the low brass, right?
3: Yeah, that's that's a great question. You know, when you hear a traditional big band, it's two altos, two tenors, a barry, four trombones, four trumpets, probably piano-based drums, sometimes piano bass, drums, guitar, and then maybe a, a vocalist as well if you want it go into the genre where you're listening to uh, Frank Sinatra with the Count Basie Band, Live at the Sands or something of this nature, or Tony Bennett, Sarah Vaughn or Ella Fitzgerald. There's so many great recordings of big band music with vocalists, but there's also so many great recordings of just the big bands and, and the long history of the big band. Tommy Dorsey, who has a connection to uh, Northeastern Pennsylvania and Scranton, of course, the Scranton Sirens, Jimmy Dorsey, Duke Ellington. So... The big band sound that has always been modeled is two altos, two tenors, bari sax, and the brass, as I mentioned before. Shorty Rogers did something that's kind of unique, and Woody Herman had this with his big bands. Had four tenor saxophones and a bari sax. And that, pushing the tenor sax in the upper area of the horn, has a unique sound, which is different than the sound of the alto sax and it's kind of clever writing and it has sort of a west coast cool school sort of vibe to it if you're uh, an aficionado on jazz history you know that there's like an east coast sound a west coast sound and this lends itself more to a west coast sort of sound so it's really cool in that respect
0: this is not about promoting us marco but you and wvia came together to record the swing jazz nutcracker
3: yeah in uh 2022, we were actually nominated for an an Emmy Award for this production that we did at WVIA where George Graham did the narration. And and the whole team, the the crew and everyone came together and we worked on this thing and polished it and and made such a really nice television production of it on the audio side of things and on the visual side of things with so many different camera angles and was really directed by uh, Ben quite well and we were fortunate to get nominated. We won a, a PAB award, a Pennsylvania Association of Broadcasters Award for it, but then we were also nominated for an Emmy, but I want to encourage everyone to come and see it live because when you hear this music live, it's so different, it affects you so differently than when you hear a recording of, of this music or, you know, you watch it on television or something of that nature. But. Witnessing music live, and especially jazz, the energy and the vibe that you get is pretty remarkable.
0: Marco Marcinko, founder and music director of the Scranton Jazz Festival Orchestra. And earlier, Sarah Efforts, executive director of the festival, and James Alecki of the Ritz Theatre, seeing the theatre into the future. Speaking about the Swingin' Jazz Nutcracker Suite, Saturday, November 26th at the Ritz Theatre in downtown Scranton, 222 Wyoming Avenue at 6 p.m. For more information on the web, scrantonjazzfestival.org. And don't forget to take along a toy for the toy collection. That's the Swingin' Jazz Nutcracker Suite, Saturday, November 26th at 6 at the Ritz Theater, 222 Wyoming Avenue in Scranton. For more information on the web, scrantonjazzfestival.org. This is a selection... From the Nutcracker Suite, arranged by Shorty Rogers, recorded here at the WVIA Studios by George Graham. And it is the Scranton Jazz Festival Big Band, under the direction of Marco Marcinko. It's the Swingin' Jazz Nutcracker Suite on Saturday, November 26th at 6 p.m. at the Ritz Theatre, 222 Wyoming Avenue, and that is in downtown Scranton, and it is the Scranton Jazz Festival Big Band, and it's under the direction of Marco Marcinko. For more information on the web, scrantonjazzfestival.org, scrantonjazzfestival.org.